So I'm going to tell you a story today about something that really happened a long, long time ago. And my story is about a boy. But this boy, who is in the Bible, hasn't got a name, so I think I need somebody to think of a name for him, <laughs> other than Daniel. Sophie, what do you... Oliver, right, Oliver. We'll call him Oliver, right. So now one day, Oliver was really, really excited because he'd heard that Jesus was coming to a place near him. So Oliver said to his mum, Mum, do you know what? Can I go and listen to Jesus? Because I hear he does wonderful things. He makes people better. He tells wonderful stories about God. And I really, really love to go. And mum said, well, okay, Oliver, but you're going to be out for a long time, so don't forget to take your pack lunch. Oliver said, okay, all right, mum, I won't forget. So mum said, okay, Oliver, you go off and clean your teeth and I'll get your pack lunch ready. So off Oliver goes, and when he gets back, he finds that mum has made his pack lunch in a basket. They're all ready for him. How many of you... Have your mums make packed lunch for you every morning when you go to school? Sometimes, sometimes. And is it sometimes a bit of a surprise what you find inside your packed lunch? You know exactly what you're going to get, do you? Ah, okay. Well, Oliver wasn't sure what was in his packed lunch, so he had a little look. And here's his packed lunch here. I will show you what's in it. Yes. So, let's see. What do you think might be in his packed lunch? Any ideas? Anyone other than Sophie? What about over there? Lily, any ideas? What might be in this palace? No? What do you think? Three eyes. Sorry? Oreos. Oh. Oreos. What do you think, Sophie? A piece of fruit. A piece of fruit? Any ideas? No? Henry, any ideas? No? Sheila, some ideas? Sausage roll. Sausage roll. Oh, okay. No, okay. Ashley. His mum gave him how many piece how many of these? Count them for me, please. And that's it. So five nice rolls to eat. Yes. And something else to go in the rolls. Let's see what we've got here. Some fish. It was a bit of an upmarket Israeli family. They shopped at Waitrose. But <laughs> two packets, two packets, not one, but two packets of fish. It is Marlow. <laughs> So, oh, so he packed away his packed lunch and off he went to go and listen to Jesus. Now, when he got there, he found there were already crowds and crowds, oh, there's been his packed lunch, crowds and crowds of people all waiting to listen to Jesus, all wanting to hear what his stories were. So he quickly got all the way to the front and sat down with his pat lunch and listened to Jesus. Yes, Sophie? Move the picnic basket. Okay. 
There he is. And you know what? Jesus was amazing. He told these amazing stories. He told them all about how much God loved them, something that Ollie had never, ever heard before. And people brought their friends to Jesus who weren't very well, had something wrong with them. And what do you think Jesus did? Yeah. He healed them. He made them better. And it was just an amazing day. And Ollie just sat there absolutely just amazed. And do you know what? It was so interesting, he forgot all about his packed lunch. And it was just sitting there next to him. He forgot all about it until it came to the end of the day. And suddenly he thought to himself, oh my goodness, I am starving. Thank goodness mum gave me that packed lunch. I think I'll have some now. And just as he was thinking that, he heard Jesus talking to some of his friends here. And he heard Jesus saying something about people being hungry. And Ollie thought, oh yeah, I'm a bit hungry. I'm glad I've got my packed lunch because no one else seems to have anything. And then some of Jesus' friends were saying, well, what should we do? Let's send everybody away so that they can go and buy some food. And Jesus said, no, 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 let's not do that. You give them some food. And Ollie thought, well, that's funny. How can these people give us some food? They haven't got any. And, they, and his friends were saying, well, we haven't got enough money. There are all these people here. Do you know how many people were there? Any guesses as to how many people were there? Ten. Ten, a bit more than ten. One thousand. One thousand, a bit more than one thousand. One thousand and five hundred. One thousand five hundred, a bit more than that, Lily. Five thousand. There were five thousand people there. Well done, Lily. That so many people. How are they, they going to get enough food for five thousand people? It just wasn't possible, was it? But Jesus said to his friends, go and see if anybody's got any food. And Ollie was sitting there thinking, ooh, I've got my pet lunch. But I don't think this will be, I don't think I'll be able to share it with 5,000 people. I don't think it's going to be enough for that many people, do you? So what shall I do? Shall I just hide it so that nobody can see? Or shall I give it to Jesus? What do you think he would do? What do you think he should do? What do you think, Henry? Give it to Jesus. What do you think, Sophie? <laughs> ah, you've heard this story before. Yes, Ollie said, I am, I'm not going to keep it all for myself. I couldn't do that. I'm going to give it to Jesus. So he gave Jesus his packed lunch. And Jesus, the first thing Jesus says was, thank you, God, for supplying all this food for us. And people were thinking, but this isn't very much. What's in the basket? Can you remember, children, what's in the basket? Rolls. <laughs> Sausage rolls. I don't think so. What was in the basket, Daniel? Fish and? Five rolls and some smoked salmon. Well done. Okay. So Jesus said, thank you, God, for supplying this food that's going to feed 5,000 people. And what Jesus did was he took the rolls and he started, I'm just going to get some, a plate here. He started breaking the roll up into pieces like this. And he kept on, and he kept on, and he kept on, and he 
kept on and kept on with that piece of bread. Help yourselves, children. But the amazing thing was, Jesus just kept on and on and on and on and on and on and on until there was enough for everybody. Not just five children at the front, but 5,000 people to have enough food to eat. That was amazing. And then he did the same with the fish. Now, I'm not going to break up the fish, but I'll break this bag of fish. Whoa. <laughs> and I think some of the other children need to have some of these as well. And so there was enough fish. Make sure you share them out. Come on, Bella, come and join him. And Lily. And would you like to take one back to your sister? Go and take one back to your sister. Anyone else? And so there was enough food for everybody. And so, children, what do you think that Ollie would remember about this day after this? What do you think he'd mo the thing he'd remember most of all? All right, Sophie. <laughs> that he helped Jesus. That he helped Jesus. I think he'd remember that forever and ever. Anything else you he think he'd remember? What would he remember about Jesus from that day? Bella, any thoughts? He worked a miracle because he, um, he only used eyes. Yeah, he worked an amazing miracle. He, he would remember how amazing Jesus was, I think, for the rest of his life. And he would remember, too, how much Jesus cared about everyone. He wasn't going to send them home hungry. He wanted to give them enough to eat. And he would remember, too, how what he'd done, he'd given his little bit to Jesus, and Jesus had given back so much to everybody else. So I hope that you'll remember that story, children, as well. And I think you're going off now to do some craft with Kaz. So you can take your fish with you. So as we were reminded earlier, we've all been, as a church, been reading through the book of Mark over the last few weeks. And this story, obviously, was one of the stories that we've read through the book of, in the book of Mark. And we also read a similar one about the feeding of the 4,000. So I'm just going to read to you now just a couple of verses from each of those stories. So the first one is the feeding of the 5,000, which is in Mark chapter 6. And this is how it begins. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then... Because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to find a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. And then this is how the feeding of the 4,000 begins in Mark chapter 8. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way. 
because some of them have come a long distance. And then, of course, after that, we have the story that I just told the children. But I wonder, I don't know about you, but there was one word that just jumped out at me from those two sets of verses. I don't know, anyone like to say what they think it might be? Compassion. Thank you. Good. I'm glad it did for you as well, because it did for me as soon as I read it. That was the word that really jumped out at me, because Jesus was motivated by everything and everything that he did by compassion. He didn't want to get a large crowd and, and just make a sensational miracle for the sake of it. He was motivated by compassion for the people. So what does, we, what does compassion actually mean? How, what's, what is compassion? So I was thinking about this and I think, well, obviously, first of all, it starts with just literally loving and caring for people in a general sort of way. But then more specifically, if people are in need or going through difficulties, we really care about them and, and feel for them in their difficulties. And that leads on to empathy. Empathy is when you really, really feel for someone. You feel what they're going through. You feel their emotions. You feel their pain. You feel their sadness. And so you empathize with them and, and feel what they feel. And then compassion takes that one step further. Compassion leads to action. It leads you to want to do something to help that person in their need. And it was compassion that caused Jesus to act. And we see this in so much in the book of Mark that we've been reading through. Right back in chapter 1, there's a story of a, the man with leprosy coming to see Jesus. And it says, the writer says, Jesus was filled with compassion. And that was why he healed him. And then a little bit later on, we had the story of the man being, the paralytic man being let down through the roof. And we can see that Jesus cared about him, not, not, just, not just to heal him, but he cared about his spiritual needs as well. He probably realized that this man was thinking, oh, what have, what have I done? What have I done wrong to be in this situation? And Jesus said to him, your sins are forgiven, because he understood that the man needed more than just physical healing. He needed spiritual healing as well. And we see this throughout Jesus' life, that he cared about the spiritual side and the physical side equally, just as much as one another. And then again with the, uh, the, the lady here, the woman who, who touched the hem of his cloak and was healed, he turned around and, and stopped to speak to her. Why? She'd already been healed, so, you know, tick, done that box, we could move on. We've got plenty of other things to do, plenty of other people to heal. But no, he turned around and spoke to her because he cared about her, her whole being. Whether it's physical or spiritual or emotional, whatever it was, he cared about the whole person. And it was compassion that caused him to, to do what he did. And so if we want to be more like Jesus, then we too need to be more compassionate, don't we? And this is not an option. It's not, you can't just say, well, actually, that's not me. That, you know, I'm not like that. This is something we, we need to do. We need to be more like Jesus. And we can work at it and get better at it. And so I've come up with um, four points of way that we can get better at being compassionate. So sorry, Andy Reid, if you're listening. I've got four, not three in this case. Yes, one too many. Whoa. <laughs> yes, a bonus. Yes. So the first thing I think is we need to acknowledge that Jesus' greatest act of compassion was to come down to earth and to die for us. 
that was his biggest act of compassion. And if we can fully understand that and fully appreciate the love that he has for us, then we can allow that love to fill us and spill out of us in compassion to other people. That has to be our starting point, doesn't it? It has to be understanding his compassion and then giving it out to others. Second point, I think, I think we need to learn to listen to people more, really listen to people and make them the focus of attention, not try and turn things around back to us again. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. Um, a friend of mine recently, her, her father died a couple of weeks ago or so. And um, so the other day I was at the gym and I saw her, I went up to her to say, you know, just to say, how are you? And I'm thinking of you and so on. And there was another lady standing there, and this lady says, "Oh, yes. so just how you feel, because that, 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 when my mother died, and then she went on this long, 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 long story about what happened when her mother died, died, died. And my poor friend was just standing there with a sort of glazed expression on her face, because when you've just lost someone close to you, the last thing you want to hear is everybody else's stories about what happened to them. And I know this woman was trying to help. She was trying to say, yes, I understand how you feel, because I've been there too. But the problem was she turned it around and made it all about her and not about my friend. So I think we need to be really careful not to do that. And of course, sometimes we relate to people because there is something that we've been through ourselves. But that's all we need to say. We don't then need to go on and tell them our story. They don't need to hear that. We need to concentrate on them, listen to them and hear what they have to say. And then the third thing is let's not be judgmental. And this can be a tricky one, can't it? Because your first thought can be, well, you know, you're only in this mess because of A, B, and C and what you did. And of course, that may be true. And maybe it's not wrong to think like that. But then we need to consciously decide to put that thought inside and concentrate on the person, not on their behavior, not about what they've done or they haven't done. It's not up to us to moralize and tell people what they should or shouldn't do. It's up to us to love the person. And the person is who, who, who is here, the person and what they're going through. If we can see their actions, then we can have that compassion on them. And let's not be too quick to give advice either. You know, advice is cheap, as they say. And sometimes we can rush in and give advice and think we're helping. And actually, that's not what they're asking for. Maybe sometimes it is, but most of the time, it's not what they're asking for. And I'm sure, like me, you've been in, in home group meetings where somebody's shared something and three or four people have come out with different advice for that person. And they're trying to be helpful. But actually, that's not what the person was asking for. They were just asking for people to listen and stand with them as they're going through whatever it is they're going through. So let's not be quick to judge or moralize. Let's just listen to what people have to say. And then lastly, the fourth point is compassion leads to action. So then the question is, what can I do to help? What can I do to help other than give advice? And it may be that they need spiritual help. It may be they want us to pray for them. We could all do that, can't we? We could all pray for people. Maybe we can give them a word of encouragement with what they're going through. Or maybe it's a more practical help. Maybe they need to live somewhere or maybe they need a meal cooking for them occasionally. So this is our little fish and bread moment, isn't it? This is what we can do to help. Because let's be clear, 
The only one who can fully fill all their needs is God himself. We can't do that. And it is not our responsibility to fix everybody's problems for them. But it is our responsibility to care and to do whatever we can do to help. And it is compassion that leads us to do that. Because we all want to be part of a compassionate um, community, don't we? We all want to be part of a caring community. And I'm actually going to stick my neck out here and say, actually, I do believe this church is a caring, supportive community. And I want to honour our leaders, who I think set the example in their own lives of being caring and compassionate and in the way they run this church. And so because of that, I'm really proud to be part of this church. But of course, it's work in progress, isn't it? And uh, we're not there yet. And we all get hurt, which is sad. And we really don't want that to happen. So it's something we need to continue to build on and work at and become more like Jesus. So I'm just going to finish with a verse from Ephesians 4. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just in just as in Christ God forgave you. So it's not an option, it's something we all need to do, and we all need to become more compassionate.